It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies. That is Smoky Mountain Organics. Visit them online, SmokyMountainOrganics.com, or visit them in person if you're in the East Tennessee area. They've got four locations for you, one in Knoxville down on Kingston Pike uh, at 8018. They've also got one in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, and Sevierville. That is Smoky Mountain Organics. With Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubs. It's the Thursday mailbag edition of the podcast, and we've got plenty of questions to get to, so we'll jump right into them. AP, how about we go recruiting out of the gate for you? All Vol Recruiting wants to know, where does Tennessee stand with, I think it's Dallin Smothers. You're saying Smathers? Dallin Smathers. All right, I got it all wrong. All right, it's not how it looks like it's spelled to me. Grant Godfrey and Micah Bell, roll. Um, well, Dallin... Tennessee's recruiting him. Um, he, I don't think he's the top of the running back board, but that's the teammate of James Pierce. Um, Godfrey, uh, that's a BJ recruit out of uh, Sewanee, Georgia. Tennessee's in that one. And then Bale, he's from Texas. I I just get apprehensive with those Texas kids. I mean, like, he's, you know, they're recruiting him, but, I mean, you know, realistic shot to land him. I mean, he's not highly ranked like some of the other guys in that state. So maybe it's potential there. But, you know, again, I just feel like, you know, staying out of Texas might be the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I – mean, it's a state you can swing, but I, I just wouldn't spend a ton of time there. Interesting, Rob. Do you think – I mean, we, we've heard for years about how the, the country's smaller and, you know, it's easier to get everywhere and – FaceTime and all these types of things. So you can recruit nationally, you know, like you have never been able to recruit nationally before. Do, do you think that that's a little bit of a shift because of perhaps NIL stuff that's out there that it, it might end up being harder to go further away that your footprint uh, of around your schools will become further into play, or it's going to become a little bit more like that as opposed to um, being able to recruit nationally. Hang on a second. We got to get Rob Lewis up there. It's me. It's me. I was, I was muted. I may be a simpleton and old fashioned, but I still think NIL is great. FaceTime, Zoom, all that's great. I think mama being able to get in her car on Saturday morning and drive the game is a big deal. Till, till history proves otherwise, Rob, you're a 1 million percent correct. And, and, and again, the exception are those kids that go five states, six states over. The rule is exactly what Rob just said, and it'll continue to be the rule until history proves otherwise. Which is why Tennessee's got to be uh, got got to ramp it up in state and have more success in state recruiting than they had in year one. Again, when Tennessee was good, they were recruiting nationally. Hubs, what 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 did I just say? They were good. Like you've got to be established good, in my opinion, to be able to go outside for half your class from five states over. Most of your class is going to be in that North Carolina, Virginia. Georgia, in-state, Tennessee, maybe Mississippi area. I mean, you have to be a legit national playoff contender for Bryce Young to come from Southern California to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard. I mean, I, Now tell us how the Vols are going to land Nico, AP. <laughs> well, that, story, that question's coming a little further in the podcast. <laughs> you, you got everybody wondering what full court press means. We'll get to that in just a minute. Let's go to some hoops here with Sam Smith, 22-33. He wants to know, who plays more minutes the rest of the year, BHH or Jonas Adu? 
Uh, also, is there any updates on the 24 football schedule with the Oklahoma game? Rob, who do you got playing more minutes? Well, I got, I mean, you have to say Brandon. He's played 15 minutes all year long and had not played a single minute in the game and the SEC played until Saturday. So, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think Rick was lying about I do having a chance, but I also don't think that means he's going to play 12 minutes, you know, at Mississippi State. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a lock that he's going to play. He's going to have to have to earn those minutes. So I think Brandon, pretty easy answer right now. Is Joe is is the red shirt off the table for Jonas? Has he played too much? Is that just yeah? I mean, as I understand the rule, if you play a game in basketball, you can't red shirt unless you get injured prior to playing prior to playing 30% of the games. Okay. All right. Um, Oklahoma game in 24. Uh, still on the docket. We'll see what happens. We'll see if Oklahoma's in the league by then. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. We'll see. You don't think – I mean, I'd be surprised if it happens. But – Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't look for it to happen at all. I got you. Um, I Heart Vols wants to know, I'd like to hear each of you tell your favorite thing to mock the other two about. Uh, perhaps one is notoriously cheap, a closet Celine Dion fan, has a burner TikTok account, etc. Can we just talk about Paul? Although, let me say this. I, I think Paul's been in recovery mode this week. We're, we're a little hard on Paul last week, um, so we won't pick on Paul today. Basically, if you've seen the new Reacher series on Amazon, I did I have no idea what, you're talking what the about. Uh, Venezuelans did to the police chief. Uh, last week, on I think here, here's the kind of thing me and AP make fun of Hover the most. Hover has no idea what Yellowstone. Hover thinks Yellowstone is just a national park. He thinks, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, what's what's another one, AP? That he's just overly he, negative. Like, you can be like, he, he thinks, like I, I, I can be like, hey, Hubs, I'm gonna go get to play Pebble Beach, Cypress Point, and Shinnecock in May and June. That may or may not be true. And Hubs will be like, well. If the world doesn't end before then. Hubbard, Hubbard thinks Ozark is a nice place to go on vacation in the Missouri, Arkansas area. <laughs> yes, that's 100% correct. All of those is no, like, all which of is no TV, except for Andy Griffith. Yeah, all of that's true. I get that. All right, a little all, weak on, he's a little weak on pop culture. A little bit weak, unless it's 80s and 90s pop culture, and I can hold my own with some of that stuff. Basically, you froze in time, like in 1994. <laughs> like when you went to your first football practice, whatever you knew before ended. I'm, I and was in a crowd train. And, and, and we make fun of AP for the fact that he will not play a golf course unless he has to get there in a private plane. It's comped and it's hosted a major and or Ryder Cup. And the grass is green. It cannot be a tinge of brown because he does not play in the offseason. Will not play the offseason. And he mows his yard in Peter Millar. And um, all things are true. The head the coach wor- makes fun of the fact that I mow wor- my yard in a polo. He's the world's fastest eater. I don't think I'm he, the world's I, I would love eater, to put him world's fastest eater. Yeah, not as picky as you used to be, but the world's fastest eater. And Rob Lewis can't function without a coffee. And there's a good chance he's going to spill that coffee somewhere in time. Yeah, that, that's 100% that true. It, it, I, in a public setting. <laughs> so there you go. We'll, we'll leave it at that. And we'll come back to Paul at a later date. I think I think he's – we got to give him a reprieve for a couple of weeks so he can heal uh, up. The, pa- Paul is scarred from last week, but ultimately Paul is scarred from that road trip where he wanted to stop and get some food on the way home on a six-hour trip home. And John Bryce told him no and motored right to the house without ever pulling over. And Paul was hungry the whole way. Barry the Vol wants to know, in the state of Tennessee, regarding the NIL laws, 
Are athletes getting these con- that are getting these contracts being taxed for the income they earn? And do you think some schools are going to be able to use the lack of tax burden as a selling point? Um, they are going to, they are taxed in, in the, in the, in the state of Tennessee. They do have to pay taxes on. Um, I don't know about every other state, but I'm assuming that everywhere that, that they're having to pay tax on it because it is earned income, uh, which to, to me is, 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 should be a national tax thing. But I know in the state of Tennessee, they're absolutely being taxed because it is earned income. Willis Falls 23, who is the most overrated and underrated coach in the SEC, in your opinion, in football and in basketball? I think underrated. I don't think he's underrated now. Um, I, I think I think Sam Pittman was was obviously underrated when he came in. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, I think what Stoops has done at Kentucky makes him a, an underrated coach because they're, you know, again, Austin talked about it last week, Rob. Some of that set up for them to have success from a scheduling standpoint, but he's been a model of consistency that Kentucky has not been able to find outside of the Tennessee game where they've struggled, but, but yeah. otherwise uh, he would have to be in there in that underrated category. I would tell, I mean, I know he did chase Tennessee fans because of, you know, the, the recruiting success they've had, but totally. I mean, you go back historically, Kentucky, I mean, for them to routinely win seven, eight, nine games a year, that's, that's an aberration. Yes. I, I don't know about overrated. Um, Jimbo. I mean, for, for the money he's making, you know, probably where Jimbo's at right now is a guy that has not proved his worth. Um, Kirby Smart is not overrated. He inherited a much better situation than anybody's ever given him credit for. Um, you, you know, some people act like, you know, that, that Georgia Austin was the biggest dumpster fire on the planet when Kirby Smart walked in. And they were, they were ready to win when he walked in the door there. He's done a good no, they job. No, they just had a dumpster fire a year before he got there. Right. But he's, he's done a good job taking them to, quote, the next step and obviously winning a championship. So by no means is he overrated. But he inherited – that was not a full-blown rebuild by any means that he inherited. Rob, what do you got in basketball? Who do you think is the most underrated coach in the league in basketball? That's a good question. Because, I mean, I think – I mean, I think the people that are having some success, I mean, I think most people – I mean, you can't say – I mean, I think most people think Musselman's a good coach. And was when he got hired, yeah. Yeah, I mean – it's tough to say Buzz Williams is underrated because he hasn't done much there, but I, I think I think that guy's a good coach. I mean, I yeah. think that's a tough job. Yeah. Um, and and from an overrated standpoint, I mean, it seems like whoever we'll goes, will wait to you. We'll wait. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Uh, this will be unpopular by the sound, but I, I I think overrated is Cal. I mean, when you look at the talent that's rolled through there the year through the years, and he's only got one national titles, even dating back to his Memphis days. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying for for if you if you start running down the what the national media loves to tout or the top guys, like to me, like there are a lot of guys that are better. And I don't think he is overrated. I don't think I don't think people I mean Hubbard, correct me, what do you think? I don't think people put him in that Shashevsky Izzo, you know, what Rory Williams class. I mean, I think everybody always viewed him as a I mean, I, I just don't – I mean, I thought they viewed him as a good coach, but more of a procurer of top talent than a guy who was – Okay, I mean, that's fair. Take the clipboard and, you know, just run circles around you. Yeah, I think I think from a national standpoint, I think a lot of it depends on who you, who you talk to. I mean, obviously, he's got some some enemies in the national, in the national circuit that, that, aren't big, that aren't big fans of his. And then there's a couple of other, you know, national guys that obviously are, are, are very, you know, big-time fans of his. But – 
Yeah, I don't know that anybody's putting him in the in the John Wooden category of X's and O's. It's been more about a guy who's been able to assemble a roster and figured out how to win in the one-and-done one game. I mean, the, the one thing that you give him credit for, whether you like it or you don't like it, he changed the way a lot of the Blue Bloods recruited because of what he was doing in the one-and-dones. I mean, he, he changed the way people re- re- recruited nationally at, at the Blue Blood uh, schools, you know, at that they get all the praise at the national level because – of his commitment to playing the one-and-done game w- without any reservation. All right, by the way, I'm going to flip by because I think my answer is football. Underrated, Nick Saban. Because the, the amount that he gets paid for what he produces, he should be getting paid a lot more than what he gets paid and what he's brought to the to the state of Alabama. I'm serious now. The Cubs are looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, what, what he does from recruiting, coaching, being able to switch out assistants year in, year out, and not have a drop-off—that's insane. Like they have, they routinely have five, six, seven coaching changes in in a year, and and ne- the next year they don't drop off. Even with top talent, you would think maybe some staff dysfunction or whatever. He doesn't allow anything to kind of get in there. So uh, for all that he does, and for all the change and everything, I'll go underrated because I just think that those people. And and I'm going overrated. Overrated. I'm going Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin, from an X's and O's standpoint, drawing up plays, is masterful. I think everything else, Lane Kiffin is average at best. He, he He's an average recruiter. Um, you know, he, he's not put a ton of time into recruiting at Ole Miss. He, now he's trying to live off some of these these portal kids that he's got, and that might work. Um, but, you know, long term, I, I just think that, you know, Lane is, is will struggle to have success unless he can find another job. <clears throat> Auburn is becoming available. AP, I would say Saban is underrated. He's underpaid for what he's. Uh, that's fair too. I mean, like Matt. I mean, if he if he got a cut of the how much the enrollment has increased from two thousand and seven to two thousand twenty one, you're probably he's probably making forty fifty million dollars. Yeah, there's that's true there, Dale. I mean, he what he has brought to that state and what he's brought to that university is something that we'll never see. I just think that again, the, the fact opinion. that there's so much change year in year out. I mean, and there's no you, drop. I mean, Jeremy tried to do that here. And was like changing out assistant coaches, like you know, uh, you know, Rob's making coffee cups, like it's every thirty minutes. And it, it, there was there was there was dissension on the staff. There was ebbs and flows. Yeah, Saban. Even if there is that, he doesn't allow it. He comes in and just cuts it out and doesn't allow there to, that to be any kind of issue. I mean, just the sustained success is unbelievable. All right, Cyclone number eight wants to know the NCAA granted an extra year for those athletes. In 2020, some athletes' teams benefited from the extra year. Once it runs out, is there talk to extend it to those athletes who entered school in 21, say played in less than 40 games of football, you get an extra year, not counting an extra year for medical? Um, no, there, there's, there's, not, there's not any talk of that. Um, it's going to be back to the 85, and this year it's back to the 85, and those super seniors count, which they did not count under 85 a year ago. Uh, Deshaun 13, will Auburn win a national title next year? Gene Chizik won one the last time the program was going off the rails. Um, I don't think anybody's got Auburn in the playoffs next year. What a mess down there. Yeah, um, quarterback. You know, what? but what a mess just in general. It's, I mean, all the way through, you got a new president. You got an AD on an expiring contract. You got a group of people that don't want Brian Harson. He's, as at the time we're recording this, he's still the coach. Who knows if he will be by the end of the day. Um that that one that one seems like someone's going to walk into a really really bad situation. I mean, a challenging situation. It is is it a bizarre thing as we've as you've seen? I mean, I don't. I mean, you know, sometimes these things run together, but 
man, I, I don't remember seeing one quite like this. Where it, I mean, it's so ugly. It's not about NCAA violations like it was with Jeremy last year. I mean, it just – They just don't seems, like him. Yeah, that's I what mean, I was going to say. It seems like you got a bunch of big money people that don't like the head coach yep. trying to run him out. Yeah, I mean, he's not done things to win over favor. Obviously, he didn't win enough games. And, you know, he's, he's created some stirs as well. But still, I mean, they've just decided he's a bad fit. We don't like him. And and that they're doing everything they can, to. it seems like, to try to get rid of him with calls so they don't have to pay a, a huge buyout because they're still paying the big buyout from Gus Malzahn, who's – uh, enjoying his uh, buyout money and his salary at Central Florida uh, in Orlando. All right, uh, next question. Better one and done, Keon Johnson or Kennedy Chandler? What do you mean, like, better as for the team? Better, I think better pro- – I'm going to say better prospect as a one and done guy. Better pro prospect? Mm, oh, man, I'm Keon's such a freak. I, w- I, I, I don't, We won't know the answer to this for five years down the road because, I mean, if Keon develops, it's going to be Keon. I think, and and Kennedy's got his size working against him. I mean, I think I think Kennedy would be a fine NBA player, but I mean, I think if Keon can really improve his skill, he is such a freak athlete that that I mean, he's got his chance to be an NBA All Star. I don't, and I don't know if Kennedy has that ceiling. Uh, Austin, to you, with all the Justin Williams talk, do you think people are forgetting about how perfect of a fit Dylan Sampson is for this offense? No, um, you know. I- I don't think that at all, but I mean, Tennessee, there was a reason Tennessee got X amount of games into the season and decided that we got to get a bigger back. So, I mean, like, you know, can they, to me, like you can have a, a yin to the yang, there's a thunder to the lightning, whatever you want to analogy you want to use. Um, you need multiple backs, you know? And so like, this isn't 1990, you know, when you can just roll out one back if you choose to, you know, even back then, people had multiple. So, um, you know, I, I think Tennessee needs, you know, different skill sets. They provide different uh, different things they can offer. Yeah, I just don't think Dylan Sampson is a guy who plays. Who he ain't carries, playing right away, in my opinion. He's well, too he, small. Well, and he's not going to – even when he plays, he's not going to carry it, you know, the, the freight load of carries. But he is a guy who's got a skill set who can do good things in this offense. I think he is a good fit in this offense. But you're right. You got to have a compliment to to a guy, with, you know, with that kind of frame to to work on. Uh, who commits somewhere first, Caleb Herring, one of the quarterbacks, or one of the in-state O linemen? Uh, I, I think it depends on when uh, Bryce and Sandra. I, mean, I don't think Trevor Duncan's doing anything anytime soon. Um, I, I think honestly, Herring and and Bryce and Sanders both potentially come off the board in April. All right. Do you think Jalen Hyatt adds weight in the offseason? This will be his second offseason, so I'm hoping he knows how to put on weight and keep it on. I think it's a must for him to add weight, Austin. I, I think yeah. he's way too light right now. He's still too light. I mean, I, I talked to somebody over there this week. I mean, he's just way, 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 uh, you know, too light. And and so they, they need him to really, you know, get in there and, you know, maybe I need to take him my stash of Reese cups and, you know, and, and, and start adding the pounds the is bad it, way. And then they can, fo- they can form it the good way. Is this, is, are you in a Reese heart season or do you bypass that and go straight to the egg? I, you know, man, I, I, I love all of them, but I'm an old, when the eggs come out, I just skip past the hearts. Okay. I'm a big egg guy. I got you. That's what I thought. All right. CD ball wants to know. I, Rob, I think Kennedy Chandler is the most underappreciated player on the basketball team. Some have said he hasn't had a good year, which I think is ridiculous. I understand given his lofty recruiting expectations because of his rankings, they were high for him. Do you think the criticism of him this season has been overboard? I mean, I don't, I, I am not 
maybe I'm just tone deaf. I mean, I'm not aware that he's had a ton of criticism. Um, I just, I mean, I think he's been up and down. I, I mean, I think it's really hard for a, a freshman to come in and on a top 20 team, the coach handed the ball and was like, all right, play 30 minutes a game and run the show. I mean, I think he's, he's learned as he's gone. He's taken some lumps. Um, I think he's had a really nice year, but also I mean, I'm not blind to the fact that he's laid some eggs out there. I mean, he's been the reason Tennessee lost a couple games, but he, you're also asking an 18 year old kid to do a lot. And so I don't, I mean, I don't think he's fallen short of anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my only criticism was, with him is just, I, I think he's had too many sloppy turnovers that um, at this time of year should be beyond some freshman mistakes. That would be my only criticism of him. I do think this last week, week and a half, he's played some of his best basketball. We'll see if that, if that trend continues. Uh, but I do think he is progressively getting better. Uh, but again, I think the expectation from him uh, was just what was probably crazy, you know, because I mean, it was a given he was a one and done by everybody that the moment he stepped on campus because Rick Barnes handed him the basketball the moment he stepped on campus and said, you're my point guard. Um, Zachiah Ziegler has come in and, and taken some of that burden off him, which ultimately is going to make Kennedy a better basketball player. I, my only my long criticism, look, he's going to have shooting nights. He's going to have nights where it's hard for him to finish at the rim. Just some of the sloppy passing in the open court would be my lone significant criticism of what he's got done. He's a much better defender than I thought he would be. His hands are really good. He is a better defender than I thought he would be, Rob. And he's a willing defender. And he's, but he's still sometimes, and, and Rick would be the, this is the first thing Rick would tell you, he gambles too much sometimes. He does. But that's also the reason he leads the SEC in steals. Yes. You know, um, I mean, it's but yeah. both sides of the coin. Yep. You got to take the yang with the yang there. Uh, Austin, what changed with Jawan Mitchell, which made him decide to stay? What role do you see him having next year? Because I don't think he could transfer without me. Because I don't think he's graduated. So, like, to, to leave, you have to be able to have graduated. He could leave the same time if he had it was a grad transfer. And so, I think it was, you know, suck it up, have a better attitude, and all that good stuff. Um, is this what stability in football feels like? An actual dead, real dead period? It's been so long, I can't remember. Me, yeah, me neither. Like, it's too quiet, too eerie. Like, you know, it just gives you the heebie-jeebies, uh, you know, for for any of us that have lived through all this for the last 15 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think any of us, Rob, are making fun of the Auburn media having to cover that situation. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We've been there. Donnie Tindall, Lane Kiffin, um, who else has left uh, at odd times? Pruitt. I mean, everything that, that that's gone through. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's important um, for for Josh Heupel uh, to go through a, a second off season where um, his staff is, or a full off season where his staff's in place. There's not new terminology for kids to learn. There's not new expectations for the kids to learn. I mean, I think that helps this football team. And um, yeah, it, it is it, it is kind of an odd feeling that February appears to be. Watch basketball, enjoy basketball, and, and hang around and, and wait for the recruiting season and visits to open back up and spring football to start. It's been a while since that's been the case uh, for, for Tennessee, for sure. Uh, T-Strange 14, AP, does putting the full-court press on Nico mean we're going all in and taking a risk on signing him to an NIL deal now? What did you mean by full-court press in the chat? You could conceive that, yeah. I mean, I – they're, they're, they're at least going down that road. Now, whether it gets to that point where, you know, Tennessee's, you know, 
NIL group has given him a big chunk of change. You know, I don't, we're not to there yet, but, you know, Tennessee's exploring those options. Or, sorry, check that. The NIL, you know, company that's handling Tennessee stuff, Spire, is exploring options. You know, again, they're not to that point, but they're at least pushing that way. Yeah, and we've talked about it. His is a and new- again, nobody who gets that kid, they're go- whoever gets him, you know, they're going to be teams that are going to have to go all in like that. Yeah, I mean, because his situation is different being in California, it changes the landscape and how his NIL deal stuff can be made. So teams got to decide. Some teams have to decide: Do I want to pursue him, knowing that that's the road that you, you know you have to, you know, that NIL is a factor there that way, or do you say, hey, he's down our board or he's not on our board? And we're going to, we're going to go on elsewhere and, and look at other quarterbacks um, is the decision that that's got to be, you know, going to have to be made w- with him. Of course, Oregon is the biggest West coast threat for him. If he wants to stay closer to home, there is talk that that family might move to wherever he goes. We'll see Tennessee's in play. We'll see about, you know, Alabama, where else he takes a visit to in the spring. Uh, There's no doubt a trickle down effect with Arch Manning, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if Arch went to Alabama, Alabama's out, Georgia's more in play. If Arch went to Georgia, you know, Alabama's more in play. If Arch went to Texas, Georgia and Alabama are both in play for Nico. Yeah. You know, and then what happens with, you know, Christopher Vizina? Like, I, it, there's there's a trickle-down effect there. problem is, is, like, Tennessee is not Georgia right now. They're not Alabama right now. Um, and, and so you're going to have to take a few more chances in recruiting. And, you know, that's why it's like, let's get Dante Moore here in March. You know, see where we are with him. See if if we're really in it, or are we way behind four or five other teams? And it's gonna be hard to make up that ground. Let's 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 go let's go down that road with Nico. You know, let's let's figure out where we are because quarterbacks will start coming off the board as you just pointed out. Yep, and then, and they will come off the board and starting in the month of March and, and rolling through the spring. Now Arch Manning's talking about going later, so then the question becomes, Rob, if you're if you're one of those finalists for Arch Manning. How many guys are you willing to pass up recruiting on your board, waiting on him to make a decision if he's truly going to make a decision in the fall? Because that's late for a quarterback, and that dramatically changes how a school recruit, you know, uses their quarterback recruiting board if you're going to hold out and wait on him to the final hour. Yeah, but I mean, it probably, and some of that will probably depend on what you have on your roster. Like if you're Alabama and you in spring practice and you feel good about Ty Simpson, then maybe, you know, you're, you're willing to, to wait. Maybe that works to your advantage. You know, and, and I don't know what Texas and and some others, you know, what their depth chart, what their freshman quarterback situation looks like, but I would say that would play into it. Yeah, and and for for Arch Manning, you want to see what Ewers does at Texas Austin, if you're him, and, and where he factors in as a young player. What does Georgia do? I know Stetson Bennett's coming back, but they're going to at some point start grooming a young guy. How does they got Carson change? Beck, Stetson Bennett, they got Brock Vandergriff, Vandergriff. and they got Gunnar Stockton. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like so, what are those? What are Stockton and 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 uh, and Brock Vandergriff going to do? Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean that's that's going to be you know, again, not all those guys are staying at Georgia. I mean, something, and, and, that, and that's honestly why you know some of these schools and even a guy like Lane doesn't have to recruit as hard as you, others do because you know if you're perceived quarterback guru, hey, we'll just get me away. We'll get uh, Jackson Dark. We'll get. You know, when, when one of those Georgia kids go in, we'll make a hard play for him. Yep, because it's places where they're stacked. There's going to be a quarterback going into the portal. I mean, you would think there's going to be a good quarterback, a talented a one, quarterback yeah. in, in the portal. 
So we'll see what that looks like for all these schools. All right. Um, Vol and SC wants to know thoughts on Alvin Kamara's situation and a prediction on whether UT will cut ties with him, take his face off the scoreboard. Tennessee's not going to cut ties with him. Um, I don't know what they'll do with the jumbotron. You don't just you don't just roll the step ladder up there and go yank, you know, go go pull that off and say, hey, you know, that's that's the end of that. Um, we'll see. I mean, Alvin Kamara's put himself in a really bad situation, though. I mean, you when you basically leave an NFL locker room in handcuffs because he was arrested 18 minutes after the Pro Bowl ended, the, the NFL, that's not a good look for the NFL. That's not something the NFL is is going to just go, okay, that's something crazy that happened in the offseason. That's going to land you a long-term suspension. There are some people in the league think he might get suspended for a year. Um, we'll see you know, what, what happens with the Players Association and how everything goes uh, with his case moving forward. But obviously he has not put himself in a good situation with the decision he made, um, you know, following um, or the night before uh, the, the Pro Bowl at that concert. And cost himself, the guy who made a lot of money off the field, yep. really hurt himself in that regard. And we'll see where the Saints are with him too. Remember the Saints are in a, a really, really interesting salary cap situation. Um, they're not going to cut him, you know, but if he's suspended for a year, they don't have to pay him, which probably gives them some salary cap help. Not that that, that that's what they want to happen, but that's a franchise right now that's got a lot of struggles ahead for, for them. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I don't think Tennessee is going to cut ties with, with Alvin Kamara. But because he's their most marketable happened. NFL player. Yeah. And he's going to be back in the league. He might be suspended, but but he's his career is not over um, from this from this situation. So. I don't think Tennessee is, is going to cut ties. There. I have more I of an issue. I mean, it, you know, Alvin obviously did wrong. I have more of an issue with L, LVPD and the NFL saying, ah, we'll do it after the game. We'll let, we'll let him play the game. Like, that's like, you know, Gil Garcetti and, you know, Los Angeles saying, oh, Jay, we'll let you turn yourself in at 12 tomorrow. And then, you know, it makes no sense. All right. La- last, uh, last thing here. Uh, shout out. Congratulations to. Matthew Butler, Valus Jones, Alante Taylor, and Cade Mays for invites to the NFL Combine. Not surprised on three of those, but Rob Lewis, did you have Matthew Butler a year ago getting an invite to the NFL Combine? Not a year ago, but I had him. I mean, I, if you would have told, asked me that in November, sure. I wouldn't have been surprised. But no, last February, you got to be kidding me. Yep. Get, get out of here with that. Yep. I mean, it, I mean, hats off to that kid. Yeah. Credit to Matthew Butler, Rodney Garner for what they did. Credit for. You know, to Bayless Jones as well. I don't think Bayless Jones was a lot for the combine a year ago. I, I wouldn't have had him in there. He had a really good season and, and thrived in this offense. So uh, good luck to all those guys who are coming off their all-star games, doing their workouts with their gurus, wherever they are, getting themselves ready for um, the NFL combine. And then obviously we'll have some individual pro workouts as well. But shout out and congratulations to those guys for, for their production and what they've gotten done. That's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast presented by Smoky Mountain Organics. Austin Price is heading to the refrigerator for a Reese's egg. Rob I went Lewis up to put in the refrigerator. No hubs. Don't run them. I put them in the refrigerator. <laughs> Good grief. Rob Lewis is pouring another cup of coffee, and uh, I have no idea what Netflix is. So that's going to do it for us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.